Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are yet again, and we thank you so very much for being a part of our community. Whether you're new or you've been here a long time, you being a part of Listener Land is the whole reason that we sit down, push the record button, and talk to you and to one another for these next 45 or so minutes. So this is the latest and greatest episode of Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. I'm Preacher Man. That's Townsend on the other side of my screen. Yes, hey, y'all. We are super thankful to be here with you and we're here upstairs with the air on, and there's like 20 other things going on on this church property. And so I'm, I, I, it I walk, is. I was stressed when I got I was, here. I, Usually it's just us by ourselves, and there's people everywhere. I know. And I was like, hey, y'all, I'm not, I mean, it looks like I'm trying to get away from doing some work, but I have to go do something else because they're doing some manual toting of all these things and loving on babies. And I've had meetings about our Bible school this next month, and I've had meetings about a new ministry that God is letting us. It's just a lot going on, and so it's exciting, actually, believe it or not, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, it's exciting to be able to sit down a minute and let Townsend talk to me about what it sounds like when you have to listen to me, if that makes sense, because I'm <laughs> I'm very curious about something, and I told her that I wanted to get her to speak to what she hears when I keep repeating something recently as part of our worship services, but... Before that, let me just tell you guys a secret. Y'all need to send messages, send texts, say on Facebook how good Townsend looks in red. Oh, my word, Because yes. people have been saying that to her today, and I'm telling you, it's made her whole day. Well, and, and I also actually coordinated my earrings with my <laughs> shirt today because I went in my bedroom and tried to be an organizer over the weekend what? and I hung up all of my earrings in pairs like so I could see them oh, and actually you know and so I was like I'll match my earrings to my shirt that and might be everyone it off. Yeah. has just commented on my so, red today listen y'all she walked in I just want to go buy a red dress yeah, like twirl around in <laughs> she it she walked in and said I'm going to buy 10 other red shirts yeah. So y'all, somebody speak some kindness over this woman. She she needs to be reminded that it, it the color don't matter, but if the color helps, I mean, somebody get her a red shirt. I I didn't notice the earrings until you just now said something. They're sticking out under her <laughs> under her headphones, so I see now. But anyhow, guys, I wanna I wanna run something by her, but I wanna hope that all of us would think about something that's in the Bible. Uh, it's in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. It's over and over again. We have a reminder that I'm afraid we live in a world in which we have stopped listening. To this remind well not it's not a reminder it's an instruction, and so recently the the church that I pastor has been very gracious, and when I say gracious nobody's complained <laughs> to me yet, uh, but I am preaching through uh, it's going to take at least ten weeks and we're we're past week three at this point but uh, it's kind of a ten week series on the work I did and put together uh, to become a doctor so it's all about uh, establishing a Christian worldview or what I've now calling a biblical worldview, how do, I, how do I understand from the Bible, from what the Bible teaches me, from what I understand about creation and see in the world, how do I know how to see things correctly and also how to act correctly in the world around me? And so we've been talking about some various topics, and, and I, I try to dive a little deeper than what you might consider uh, normal, I guess, on a, on a Sunday morning. But at the end of every one of these, and I'm going to be doing this every time, 
after we've talked about some things, I say, now, what do you do with this? So yes. towns that I'm asking you not, you don't have to regurgitate to them. It's not a, it's not, this isn't a secret way to test you on how well you're listening. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about the Bible and how trustworthy it is and the evidence that supports and all those different things. We've talked about then that the Bible tells us about God, that he revealed himself to us and we didn't figure him out. Everything I know about him is some part of him being revealed to me. And and uh, we're only halfway through that one, but then we'll continue on to what I know about me, what I know about Jesus, what I know about my problem and, and who can fix it and how. But once we hear these things, what exactly do we do with them? So I have always been told that the order of what I'm about to share is one way. Mm-hmm. And someone presented it to me another way just last week. And it really tied everything I was already thinking about. What do we do with it together? Okay. So you've heard the three D's under desire, discipline, and delight. Mm-hmm. That's usually the order it's presented in. Right. And so I've had the hardest time because we hear this information and this can be about anything, mm-hmm. sure. but primarily about our creator and the things we know biblically and things like that, we hear it. And sometimes I don't think we necessarily know exactly what to do with it. Sure. Um, so I don't think we always can have desire first. Mm-hmm. And so someone shared something with me last week and she said that the discipline should come first Then the desire happens. Then the delight is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hey, I get to. Right. And that's dead on. Yeah. Because the discipline factor of you've heard what you should be doing. You've heard what he commands us to do. Mm -hmm. You've heard what we know about the Bible, about our creator, about a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. Now, the discipline is number one. And it's baby steps in discipline. For sure. But it is discipline in taking the first step. Yeah. And so if you sit around and you talk about it and try to talk yourself into the desire before you ever employ discipline, mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever get there. Well, because I, I don't, I know myself yeah. when I tried to do it in that order, I always go back to the mission trip. Always, because that was the biggest game changer for me. Now, I was already doing some things. Sure. Sure. But I was not doing those things because I longed to. Mm -hmm. I was doing those things because I felt like my marriage might be kind of going down. I didn't necessarily think we were going to be like split up, but I just didn't think it was going the way I had envisioned it Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. Um, My job kind of the same. Just life in general wasn't really going as smoothly as I had envisioned as an adult that it would. Right. And so I was doing those things kind of grasping at straws. It was it was a discipline factor of I'm going to do this and just see what happens. I don't really want to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, the mission trip was part of that discipline. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know if I wanted to go on it. I wasn't convinced that I wanted to go on it. Yeah. But I had already committed to a few other things I was doing, which was a Bible study with someone else who was going on the mission trip. Mm-hmm. And I had already been in conversation, which was another part of the discipline area. And so I felt obligated to go. Yeah. So I want everyone to understand that I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat, just jumping for joy, mm-hmm. waiting to go on this mission trip, mission trip. And then it changed my life. Yeah. That's not how that happened. But once I got there, 
and I became the hands and feet of Christ in a new way that I had never done before, Mm -hmm. even the desire started then, Mm -hmm. but it's never left since then now. Mm -hmm. And so the discipline, and I don't mean like I was working on this like two months. I mean, I started, we went on the mission trip in 2016. I started my very first marriage Bible study in 2010. Mm -hmm. I got married in 2008. Mm-hmm. So from 2010 to 2016, there was discipline there in areas of that I knew I needed work on. And it didn't actually all tie in together and turn into a strong desire for Christ until 2016. Mm-hmm. So then the desire was there, but then there were still so many areas. I wasn't sure how I even felt about doing certain things. Like I knew I wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I didn't know what that something was. And, and this church helped direct that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then now the desire is there. Ideas come to me mm-hmm. instead of it having to be an outlet to someone else all the time. And then the delight is there a lot of the time. Now, it's yeah. not always there now, but it's more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And so you ask, what do we do with it? And I think the first step is discipline. And we said, we've said this before in the past, but I think it is so huge that people understand like they always say that the distance between your dreams and reality is discipline. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you might have thought it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you desire it. Right. And so I think discipline is the first step. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a better way to do it because I think we have a, a confusing sort of idea that if I were a good person, I'm using my air quotes like normal, then I would then I would want to. Yes, so you that's tend why to we, think something's wrong with you if right. you don't and want so it. And so we people say, Oh, it's the desire first. So, you know, if I if I desire it, then I'll seek the discipline. But the truth is there are plenty of things that you gotta do that you at first hate. Yes. Before you learn to like people who have you know, I, I, I spent a small season of my life, not not terribly long ago, but long enough ago where I suddenly wanted to run. I had never, I was the fat kid in gym class. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had gotten with a president. I don't know which one. And we had these, I don't know how long, it, I don't even know if they still do it, but we had like these semi-annual uh, like fitness goal thing. Like how many sit-ups can you do in, in 60 seconds? How many, how fast can you run a mile? All these, and you had to do it at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. And I'm old enough that you went to PE class and you had to change clothes. Like you had to put on these stupid shorts and this T-shirt. It was your PE uniform. Well, I didn't run a mile. I walked, you know. So some guys are like, I did it in eight minutes. I did it in nine. I'm like, I did it in the hour that this class lasts. You know, I, I'm not in any rush. But then I randomly wanted to run. And I, I would listen to people talk about running and the discipline. And if you've never, if you've never run before... You may have still heard of something called couch to 5K, where the, the premise is you have done nothing but sit on a couch, but by the end of this program, you will have be able to run without stopping mostly a 5K, which is like 3.2 miles, I think. Oh, well, that's what I did. I was like, okay, let, well, let me just assure you that at the end of the story, I successfully ran a 5K. I, I finished third place in my age category, and I don't even, two things that are funny to me about that. One, I didn't know that there was a contest. <laughs> like, I didn't know you were competing. So I just went home and took a shower. My wife got the medal in my place. I didn't even get it. 
And then the second thing is I couldn't tell you if there was even there's at least three people in my age group. I could have been only three. Maybe I won by default. I don't know. But I, you know, I have this little medal and I remember doing I have a picture. My oldest son did it with me. He got third place in his age group as well. So it was like a, a moment. But that was after the run for 30 seconds and walk for 60 seconds at the beginning where I had to beat myself into submission to yes. just go get up and I didn't want to do it. I like I wanted to run the 5k. I wanted to succeed, but I didn't want to do all these little parts. I no. hated it. It was it literally wasn't until and if you've done couch to 5k, you'll know what I'm talking about. The 5th week on the 3rd day. That is the first time all of a sudden, I think I'm telling you right, 5th week, 3rd day. All of a sudden it tells you to run 20 minutes without stopping. And all these other times, it's like run a minute, then walk for 30 seconds and run a minute or run two and a half minutes, walk for a minute. You know, it's little increments and it just explodes. It's like run for 20 minutes. And I, are you kidding me? But I got up, I started doing it. I kept pushing, I kept pushing. And I remember walking into the bedroom, sweaty and disgusting. My wife just barely waking up and I'm like, I ran 20, you know, it's just this celebratory. I accomplished, and then everyone after that suddenly became let me go out here and see, can I do that again? Let me go out here and see, can I do a little further until the day came to actually do the race? There's a reason that Paul tells Timothy, I have run the race. You know, there's a reason that that we have sports imagery in the Bible about I had to, Paul even says I had to beat myself or kind of whip myself into submission, that a boxer doesn't just box so that he can punch the air. He wants to compete. He's not fighting against shadows. And I wonder if... If the, the the awful way that the world is today, and 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 truly, you know, the world is not is not overly beautiful most days. It right. seems you can always find something. I can't help but if that's not the symptom of a greater disease, and that the greater disease is the number of people who think all Jesus came to die for was my ability to sit in a church pew. Yes, and I don't have to do anything with all that's been given me and all that's been said to me. And yet I'm I'm staring at my screen here because I have 1 John 3.18 pulled up. Now, I gave her advance notice on this topic. And when I say advance notice, I mean like a day. <laughs> so she may, have, she may have already looked this one up as well. But that's where John tells, and he, and he says, little children. Nobody's ever told you that. He's not belittling the people that he was writing to. He was an elder, and so he was viewed as their spiritual father. Therefore, they were his spiritual children. So every time you see John in his first, second, or third, John, and he says, little children, he's not, he's not mocking adults. He's, he's recognizing them as not understanding as much as he does. But in 1 John 3, 18, he says, little children, let us not love in word and speech, but in action and truth. So in other words, whatever your mouth says can be one thing, but the way you love people is by doing something and doing it from a place of honesty and of of desiring them to know the truth. So I don't mean to ramble on more than is my turn, but hearing Townsend talk about wanting a, you know, she's entering her first marriage uh, study, let's say, in 2010. And by the time I'm just learning who she is, just learning, you know, how she and I and this faith family are about to be knit together in 2016, after all of that reading and studying, she's left thinking, I feel like my life is kind of stagnant. That's my word. She didn't use that word, but sounds like how she's kind of like, this isn't how I thought it was going to be. I don't think I'm about to end up in the dumps, but it's a little stagnant. My work is a little stagnant. My marriage is a little stagnant. 
But she had done the first study in 2010. And so I believe not the Townsend today, but the Townsend then, she's simply, she's not doing anything wrong back in 2010. She is a product of what the church has begun to hold to, which is if you just sit in one more study and read one more book, then somehow you'll figure out how to fix it. But I would submit to you, if you've been in church a long time, you've heard it. Your problem isn't hearing something new. Granted, you can hear something put a different way, or you can hear some words maybe said in a different order that speaks to you more clearly, but you have heard it. Your problem is probably you don't do anything with what you've heard. And you know, like I found myself mad so oftentimes because I had a misconception of what God wanted for me Mm -hmm. and what I thought, I don't want to say like I thought God owed me something because that wasn't really the thought that went through my head, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like, why would you die on the cross just for it to be this way Right, kind of thing? And like, it just seems so meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like so oftentimes it seems so meaningless. But then there was times he would, I know now looking back that he was wanting me to do something. Now I know that. Then I had no idea why that was on my heart or my mind to do. Right. I kind of knew that that's the right thing to do, whether it was go and volunteer to do something or help Mm -hmm. someone or whatever. But I would be like so ticked about having to do it. Yes. And so like, (laughs) I was just like this. And so then I would think what is wrong with me? So then I would go back to studying again to Mm -hmm. figure out what was wrong with me, because why am I so ticked off to have to do this when I know it's a good thing to be doing? And then I would study and then I would still be ticked and then I would study and then I'd, so like I would kind of stop. Like mm-hmm. I, I never would just keep pushing through the ticked offness. Yeah, yeah. And so then once I kind of got in a routine of like, I'm just going to keep doing it no mm-hmm. matter how ticked off I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do it better. Even if I'm mad, I'm just going to still do it. Right. When I finally reached that point is when the breakthrough happened. Yeah. So like, I just want to encourage everyone to recognize what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. The first dang thing you do is get on your knees and pray about things that you can do. And the second it enters your mind to do it, get off your hind end and go do it. Well, I I read recently and then I heard somebody else. They didn't know that they were kind of saying something I needed to hear again. And this happened I'm today. No, or yesterday. Anyway, um, I read recently that the most dangerous thing a believer can do is ask God for direction. I believe that too, because we tend to cut our ears and our eyes and our hearts off Mm -hmm. if it doesn't fall in accordance with what, you know, like to me, parents, and I I know this is going to step on some toes. I'm really sorry. My parents did the same thing and it's fine. I turned out okay. And I (laughs) think now they might wish they had, you know, read the Bible instead of building a batting cage. But I'm just saying that like the things that parents and and I will fall into this category too. I know I will. Mm-hmm. I know that my flesh will take over and I will fall into this category. I don't I don't saddle my child's pony up and lead her out the back of the barn and say, Okay, Lord, bring some people over here and let's have a barrel race. Right. I go to the barrel race to look for what it is that we're about to do. Right. I go to where I know the thing is happening. Mm-hmm. I go to where I know it's happening. 
well, where the thing is happening that God would have you do is at church in places that are not nearly as fun as the barrel race or the ball game or the bar or the wherever you go to. And so the first step is put yourself into the place you have got to look for it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fall into your lap usually. Now, sometimes, like when he just gets fed up with me and he's like, you're blind <laughs> as a bat, he will do that occasionally yeah, right. for me now. Um, but as a rule of thumb, I don't ever remember a time before where he just like laid it out on a silver platter to where like the burning bush was in front of right. me. Right, yeah, sure. And that's not, that's not, how it, that's not normally how it gets done. It, it can, but it's not normal. You just quoted Henry Blackaby, but you probably didn't know it. And he is – maybe everybody on some level learned his name when he released uh, a text that became a study called en- Encounter- what, Encountering God. En- <laughs> it's so famous I can't remember the name of it. It's old now. Okay, cut me some slack. Encountering God? En- embracing God? It's not embracing. I've had a meeting where we kept saying the word embrace. I think it's encountering God. God Lord, help me. I can't let it slide. I, I, well, I'm going to talk. He's going to look it up. I have to. I have to. <laughs> Henry Black. Abby. Well, and you but anyway, know, he said, "You look for where God is at work, and then just go join him." Yes. Instead of always praying about experiencing God, I knew it started with an E. Lord, forgive me. Experiencing God, and so you look for where you God you see God at work, and you go join him. You don't see him at work over there, and then be like, "But what do you want me to do?" I mean, why don't you see what he wants you to do? Yes. Also, absolutely. why do you keep asking? Yes. Because he's, again, I go back to when we were talking about, now this, this not everybody has the benefit of, but in, in, uh, if you study theology, the knowledge of God, you, you will quickly realize everything about him he said or he revealed. We didn't figure any mysteries out. He told us everything we needed to know. So the fact that we keep asking means we want to hear an answer to something he's already answered. You know, it's like, can I go to the movies tonight? No. Well, can I go to the movies at 8 p.m.? I already said no, but you're changing just some tiny insignificant detail. Like instead of saying tonight, you say 8 p.m. Or can yes. we go? Can we go to? Can we go to Sonic for dinner? No, we can't go out to eat tonight. Well, can we go to Wendy's? I answered that when I said we can't go out. God is very clear. I do respect that God says His ways are higher than than my ways, and. And, of course, you have heard someone say many times he works in mysterious ways, and that's very true. But, but he's we, very simple, too. Yes, we take that he works in mysterious ways, yes. and we want to apply it to things that he is very obvious about. Well, and you know, like, when when my heart and my head were not in the right place, I was oblivious to the things that were being shown to me. And like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it sure, is. Course, you yeah. look back and you're like, wow, how did I not see that? And now I've seen so many doors of opportunity that I was like, that was the Lord. And mm-hmm. I just shut it and had no idea. Right, right. I don't necessarily think that he's holding that against me as much as the ones that I shut now knowing it's him. And oh, that sure. that right there is where I say the keeping on asking mm-hmm. I want to know, did you really know the answer? And then you just kept on. Have you ever asked him a question that you you wanted the answer to be a certain way? So it didn't matter what he said. You just heard what you wanted. And so that's (laughs) where I, you know, kind of want to tell you, listener land, be careful as a believer 
in convincing yourself that you're truly seeking God, because if you are, you will get it every time. Now to that, listen to what God says to Ezekiel. So Ezekiel is a prophet, and God in Ezekiel 33, and I'm going to read verse 31, he's talking to Ezekiel. So he's saying, they, when he, it says, my people come to you as usual. And he's meaning they, my people, God's children, the, is, the Hebrews, the Israelites, they come to the prophet Ezekiel. But chapter 33 and verse 31 says, my people come to you as usual. They sit before you and they hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Although they express love with their mouths, their hearts pursue dishonest gain. And forgive me if I'm stepping on toes, if Townsend did it first, I'm just going to do it like her. But if you would take a pastor's point of view, that passage, those people, if that doesn't describe describe the large majority of American Christians today, I don't know another verse in the Bible does. Amen. Because everybody's... You know, we're all into raising hands, singing songs, enjoying ourselves. Oh, I, I quote unquote, really got a lot, a lot out of that, or I quote unquote, didn't get that didn't speak to me, whatever. But it's all something we talk about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even probably Sunday evening. We just let our hearts be in control and we go after something that's dishonest. I mean, there's no other way to explain the increasing rates of adultery or divorce, the, you know, the divorce rates, the, the broken marriages, the unhappy people. You know, I've, I've, I know I've said this before. Um, it, it bothers me to know how good it could be for all people and then to see them just openly reject it. And, you know, the thing of it is we as American believers, there is a group who is a who is a bad, dangerous group, okay, that are pursuing things that are... I mean, I know people who I've known who have kids and have been involved in things that are like pornography, child pornography, this or that, mm. secretive whatever, drugs behind the scenes, making drugs behind the scenes, this or that. And that's one dangerous group of believers. My air quotes are going now. And that's a group of believers that I tend to be like, but are you? Yep. This next group over here to me is the more dangerous group of believers than even them. Because I can watch them and I know there's no fruit. And so I know that you need something. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that sit on the third row. Yeah. And like the things that they're doing in a normal setting are not sinful mm -hmm. necessarily. But the desires of their heart are so in the wrong place. And the reason that I know that is a very, very dangerous human is because at First Baptist, my hometown, mm -hmm. I sat on the third row and I was one of those humans. Yeah. My heart and my desire had nothing to do with Christ for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I had convinced myself it did. Right. So I went today to be about what do you do with it well a gut check would be a real good place to start right and then secondly get off your rump yeah well i, I think in in that question that i will continue to repeat probably for the rest of my life on some level what do you do with it you don't go any further than dealing with the word do yes now this isn't some legalistic uh you know i don't know how deep people want to go but like i'm not trying to tell you that that 
that salvation comes by what you do. There are plenty of groups and people who have believed that, and unfortunately, they don't read passages like Second uh, Ephesians 2 or Titus 3, where it's very clear in the Bible that nothing we do can accomplish what Jesus has accomplished for us. You just receive it. You just take what was done on your behalf. But once that's been done, there are some do's, not that are required, but that are expected. And it just kind of aggravates my soul when I realize we expect more obedience from our own earthly children than we give our heavenly father. Amen. And so the question of what do you do with it, you don't have to ponder very long. Do you do anything at all? Everybody does something. I have quoted a million times. I don't know that he wrote the words, but he sang the most famous song. Uh, now I can't remember his name. What's a weird? Oh my gosh! I'm it's too. I'm too You're old for this. It. I'm it's too old for this. It's the end of summer, and you've had a long <sighs> school year. He was. He sang during Vietnam. He was kind of. He sang protest songs. Anyway, everybody's got to serve somebody, right? You, everybody is in love with something. And so they seek it and they serve after however they're going to accomplish it. Well, if I'm in love with Jesus, then I ought to be seeking him and doing what I can do to accomplish what brings him joy or what what pleases him. Buddy, no. Oh, my gosh. Oof. I should have gotten more sleep, I guess. Anyway, somebody out there is saying it out loud, and I wish that I could hear you. But, yes, that guy who sang lots Isn't of songs. Is it the Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan is his name. Yeah. Jesus. Yes, that's his I name. I thought that's Bob the Dylan. song you were talking about. Yes. I was going to make sure. Yes, that's him. Because I was going to imitate his voice, and then I, I don't want to be embarrassed forever any worse than I already am. So, you know, everybody serves somebody. And the truth is, if you ask your, this is you have to ask questions that hurt. You know, I, and we live in a culture that doesn't like to be hurt. We live in a culture that wants to take the abnormal, give it a name, and act like it's perfectly okay. And so we're not used to being told, actually, that's wrong. You're wrong. Uh, and you're in error to the point that you're not even functional as whatever it is you're describing yourself as. So if, you know, I, I have a bent towards the word Christian lately because I don't know that that word has any inherent meaning any longer. And I know that I'm not the first person to ask that question. N.T. Wright recently wrote a book called Simply Christian, where he's trying to answer the question of what does it mean to be that. And most famously in 1952, I think it was first published, um, really, really exploded. And you see references all in writings in the 60s, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. What does that word mean? I love Lewis's approach. He talks about the word gentleman. He says, what does that mean to you now reading this? Well, of course, I would. I'm answering him in my head. A gentleman is somebody who's polite and courteous and mindful of people. But he points out that in old English, gentleman just was a title for somebody who owns land. So words change. And he was stipulating that the Christian, the word Christian had changed. You know, I I, want to go 500 different directions because there's somebody out there who thinks because they got up and went to church and somebody made fun of them that that was being persecuted. That ain't persecuted. That's just called a other person being a butt. And, you know, like we do totally live in a society where everyone thinks they have a say in what anything else is. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is we don't get to determine what kind of believer we are. Like we don't we're not the ones who stipulate that. We're not the ones who designed mm-hmm. that. We're not the ones who gave our lives mm-hmm. to be able to say what someone right. is in the eyes of, we don't of our have creator. That authority. We do not have that authority. Correct. And so it is a humbling thing, but it's also a freeing thing. When you are answering in the new movie, I'm going to reference the new movie, the Maverick movie. Okay. Oh, yes. 
One of the guys says to him, I don't like that look, Mav. And he says, it's the only one I got. Mm -hmm. And my husband said to me the other night, there's so often times that I will look at you and be like, I don't like what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, you'll say that. It's all I got. Sometimes the things that I do now mm-hmm. seem, and we're going to lead into that next topic. So yeah. hang around for next week, but it's all I got. Because when I finally learned that I, I don't answer to anyone else but him, right. there are some things that I go to do now. I would have never been caught dead doing it 10 years ago. And now I'm doing it and I'm like, why? I, I honestly have no clue. Like, if you want me to just be honest with you, I just know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it seems totally ridiculous. Well, but it's because I'm answering to a higher authority. Right. That's the discipline. That's recognizing. And then the desire comes. So what you do with it is you have to realize you don't have authority over what you think you're already doing right. Well, I, I wonder how often we recognize that we get so caught up in not being certain what we should do, not because God isn't clear, but because we're trying to navigate what other people will think about us. Yes. You know, Amen. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not unable to tell you what it is that God wants. I'm just trying to make sure that other people don't make fun of me or mock me or post about me on social media, because God is, it is actually quite a freedom moment when you realize, I don't have to decide. He already did. And when you trust him enough to just go through with it, there are so many times that I was just sure it was going to backfire. I mean, like would have (laughs) bet the farm on it. And sometimes it kind of did. But every single time, and it there hadn't been a lot of those. Just so you know, in listener land, there has not been a lot of times that I've listened to him all the way through and not interjected my own self into it. <laughs> Clarify that. But when I have, he has handled it in such a way that my mind couldn't even fathom right. that. It's been in such a way that I would have never predicted that outcome sure. because it was just so beautifully pieced together. Right. And so why in the world would I not just trust it yes, every time? Why, why when you see that happen? Don't you realize this is how it always is with him? Yes, but, every time. But we're going to get to some next thing and be like, oh, no, no, no. He did it. I know he did it that one time, but he ain't going to do it this time. And yeah. so I need to, I need to, I need to tweak this. This I need to, can't possibly right, be what I, have to, I, I, I need to move this around a little bit because yes. he couldn't possibly. But yet he's always very clear. It's always yes. very simple. You let people come into it and they're going to complicate it until it's no longer understandable. I mean, I know it's a joke. And I actually even took the time to read the court documents and I get, I get that from a semantic, legislative, legalese, how it was written point, I get why it quote unquote makes legal sense, sort of, but it makes absolutely no sense, realistically, that we live in a world in which a bumblebee can be considered a fish. Yes. When you posted that, I started looking up stuff and my mind is blown. But, but it, but we do live in that world. We live in it. Absolutely. And is that, we do. Is that, Seeing the, you know, what does it take for a person to see the world in such a way where they can no longer use reasonability and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. A bumblebee is a fish. Now they're doing it to accomplish their end desire. And and I and again, I understand with the looseness of the way uh, the 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 term fish or, uh, you know, it has been defined in in California law. I, I mean, I see how I see the little thread they've weaved in between 
reasonability. But do you know why? Because here's my key is, doesn't being a fish have to have something to do with water? But that's not in the definition, and that's their loophole. It doesn't say something about water. It doesn't, it's not that clear. But do you know why it's not that clear? Because back when they were making that definition, who would have thought that you had to define that a fish lived in, everyone knows that a fish lives in water. You teach a little kid that the fish has to breathe in the water, but we can't. We breathe in the air. And we're living in today that we actually have started taking for granted what it is that we actually have to tell our kids. Exactly. That, and that's what I'm trying to get. It's like yes. you look at something that's stupid and you think, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but how did we get here? Because way back, they didn't think people would ever think this way. But then we didn't reinforce things, and we gave other people the responsibility to do things God had instructed us yes. to do. Again, that word comes up way more often than some of us might be comfortable with, doing something. And so now other people are teaching our children what to believe, and they're doing so during the most formative years of their existence. Yep. And then the result of it is is bees are fish. And I want to <laughs> tell you, this is just a little example of something that I shared with my child I've, I don't know, I've just got this urgency and panic about my child not believing in the Bible at one point in her life or the world just swallowing her up. And she's this whiny little creature that just kind of, I don't know, I just don't feel like she she's all that. She loves her very much, to be clear. I she do, loves her very, very I much. do, but I feel like she's, she's not harshly. quite that just strong. Like she kind of. I mean, she's five. Seems timid. Good she's Lord. almost five. Come on. But she. <laughs> The other day, I told her, you know, you were talking up there. And I'm like, he's talking about the Bible, and we're always going to believe the Bible. Yes, we are. And so we had a conversation about God knowing mm -hmm. how many hairs were on her head. Mm -hmm. Well, she has brought that up 710 times in the last two weeks. She has told probably 63 people about God knowing the number of hairs on her head. And it just occurred to me day before yesterday mm -hmm. that all it took was for me to tell her that one time and she innately knew that she was supposed to tell that. Mm -hmm. So then I have to ponder the question, do the children already know what they're supposed to do with it? Obviously they do. And we're the ones who've blocked that out. Right. For sure. We put systems in, well, not, and I say we, adults, not me, not you, but adults put systems in place to stifle sharing the truth. Yes. And, then we and wanna, I mean, I've done it. Yeah. Thank the Lord I no longer feel the need to do that now because I'm comfortable in that, but it didn't start with me being comfortable. Right. But, you know, she's comfortable with it. Because I mean, she just doesn't stating think, the fact. Because she's not old enough to have already started processing, well, no. what, are, what are they going to say about me? What are they going to no, think about me? No, she doesn't no. care what they think because she knows that that's the truth. Right. And so I thought, man, I've taught her her ABCs and numbers before I taught her that God knows the number of hairs on her head. So I had to get past the little guilt trip thing on myself a uh, little yeah, bit. That's wrong anyway. You're but fine. You're fine. I literally was like, that is amazing to me that one conversation about that, and she's just telling everyone and bringing it up so often that she thinks it is so cool. Like I saw her trying to count her hairs the other night and I said, <laughs> what are you doing? And she said, I'm trying to count them. And I said, baby, you can't count that high. You can only really go to 20. Yep. And so she's like, but I'm trying to count them. Well, he already knows them. So well, just trust and, that. Hey, and if count you want to try to count, count them, on. you can try to. And she said, how does he know? 
Y'all, why is it that we forget how magical well, that see, is? It's what's crazy. Sometimes you think about everybody's probably familiar, and I shouldn't say that. I was taught never to say that. Don't assume. I don't. I, I take it back. Many people may be familiar with Jesus saying, uh, I think King James, suffer not the little children to come unto me, so for such as these, such uh, as heaven, uh, whatever. This is what heaven is like. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Everybody thinks, oh, that means you have to be young and simple. And no. What do kids do first? They trust. Every time. That's why she trusts you. And when you say yes. God can count, she doesn't. She doesn't start off with, that's impossible. No. Empirically, I can disprove that mother because, you know, she doesn't start there. She just, wow. Yeah. She just trusts. Okay, well, that's what adults lose. And we it's do. and as we develop, see, she's this. I got. I, I love knowing this. but I, I mean, I, it just blew my mind. And when I really started breaking it down, I'm like, that she, is legit the simplicity that he is wants how us we're living also, in. Yes. Legit. She doesn't care because she hasn't been taught that someone might be dis, uh, unpleasant towards her. You know, everybody yes. everybody wants to go to little towns and, and, hey, what are you doing? Oh, look at you. Everybody's positive and pleasant normally, except you when she says, Mama, why is your face like that? <laughs> but okay. But, you know, she's going to grow up and the world will begin its job to teach her that's not right. And what does the Bible say we're supposed to do? We're supposed to every day in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whenever I'm around them, I'm supposed to be telling them the world is a liar, the Bible is truth, here's how we can trust that, and everything you've been taught is right. Defend it. Uphold it. Don't You don't have to hurt somebody, but you don't let them invest their lies into you and then and then Amen. buy it from them, okay? Right. Well, what happened to parents? Well, I got to go. I got a job. I need to. I yes. need to. I need to buy a bigger house. I need to have a larger TV. Oh, they come out with a new iPhone every year. I'm now not happy unless I have the newest one. And so, to obtain those temporary fading things, I have to give you away to someone else. And I have to give. And then I come seeking them. I come home exhausted. And so, I don't want to hear you talk about what somebody said to you. Oh, it's fine. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And then what happens? She, anybody in that position, gets absorbed by that. Because the people that I trusted no longer are there. Yes. They're too distracted. I love them, but they're too distracted. They're too absent. And these people not only talk about loving me, but they show love to me. They shower me with love. There is a reason that has nothing to do with sexual identity why people have started to identify uh, non-standardly, you might say, to sexual and gender issues over... Exponentially, the number of millennials. I mean, it's like it hovers around eight, ten percent, and all of a sudden it just starts turning upwards and it doesn't even weigh, it's just gone. And now it's like 20, 30, 40 percent of people at a certain age say, Yes, I'm, I'm this non standard identifier or whatever. I mean, why, what happened? Is suddenly we just all realize, Oh, yeah, well, I'm all homosexual. No, it's because this is the mission of the world yes. to get you broken to, so that you can stay that way. And so the problem is, to those of us who sit in pews or go to Bible studies, you're you don't. I I would be willing to bet, uh, uh, just a random bet. I don't bet money or anything. Money's too expensive to be betting. I I I feel pretty certain it's not many people that need another Bible study, okay? Because there's a lot of them, and you are drowning in Jesus expression in this country. I think what you need is to be doing something with what you've already been told. And that hard day's work, when you do it for the Lord, and now there wasn't always a time I could speak 
from experience mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, used to my hard day's work always revolved around playing softball or riding horses. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what my hard day's work was because from the first time that I ever had a job, a true blue job where I was employed and received a W-2, right. I sat down on my rear end in the air conditioner and <laughs> yeah. I worked on a computer. Sure. So physically, I wasn't exhausted when I got home right. ever since 2004. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a hard day's work always consisted of something that was a selfish motive. Mm-hmm. It always did. Mm-hmm. Even if it was just mowing the yard or whatever, mm-hmm. most of the time that was, you know, get, you know, whatever. Right. But there is something about that day when you spend working for Jesus. And I mean, sometimes that's VBS stuff, preparing Mm -hmm. and teaching and doing. Sometimes that's food distribution. Sometimes that's just getting up. I, we went Sunday to visit some people who are, you know, in a, in a nursing home type setting, hospital type setting and did some assisted living. Yes. And did some singing. And that was one of the things that I wasn't really dreading the, the like Bible study portion of it. Cause I got, but I cannot sing very well. And yeah. so I was dreading that. And then my child was staring me down when I wasn't really singing because I sing with her all the time and I was getting like the eyebrow lift. Mm-hmm. So I just start belting it and she's just so proud of right. mom, That's, you know? Yes. And so it hit me, these people don't care if I'm on key, like it is fine. And I just felt like the whole weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders when I left that place. The doing, Mm -hmm. I wasn't super thrilled about doing it, but then when I left, the delight was there. Right. Do it. It's, it's, you have to deal with the word do. And we've tried to avoid it many, in many corners, we've tried to avoid it so much because I, I don't want to push you, anybody into thinking, oh, I have to do this to... Earn. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's changing the word have to to get to. And that's really important. I get to do these things because of what... See, I got the reward in the beginning. I'm not working my way to the reward. You know, in life, that's a lot of the way. You keep working, you keep doing this, and then you might get a promotion. Then you might get a raise. Then then you might get the reward. But God gave me the reward at the top. I have eternity secure thanks to Jesus Christ. Everything else is because I get to. I can't lose it. I can't misplace it. It's always going to be mine. And now I get to serve him and do the things that he told me, not only bring him glory, but help establish the coming of his kingdom on this earth. And that has to do with not, I mean, the sitting in church matters, the listening to to the word being shared and, and studying. and Because there's always, I hate this, the following saying I do not like. Oh, well, that doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. You're not that unique, okay? It applies to you. I don't care what the lesson is about. I'll sit in a women's how to be a faithful wife. I would sit in that study to learn. Something applies. Yes, something's going to apply because I'm a husband and I need to know what's. Well, the bottom line is you're the husband of the wife you're supposed to be leading. And if you don't know what applies to her, then how do you know how to lead? So it applies to you. Or I'm a human who lives with women who might need support when I understand what they're all doing. Absolutely. Everything applies. You have to do something with what. All of this application, you have to do it. Jesus didn't teach the disciples and say, wasn't that nice? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to repeat those things to you while you guys chill in this upper room. Nope. He said, now you go and do what you saw me do. And when people ask, hey, is all that stuff you said to us really true? He points to the disciples and says, ask them. Because it was their turn now. It's their job. Ask them what you saw. Ask them 
I mean, ask them what they saw. Ask them what I did. And ask them what they have done. Because it's all something you pass down to accomplish, not to hold and cherish and build walls and be like, well, we just got to hide in here until Jesus comes back. Nope. And one of your Sunday school goers here at this church even pointed out disciple discipline. It all ties in together and it requires discipline to even be that disciple. Like you've got to have it. Right. I hate turnip greens. I love them. I could learn to eat them. Okay, so you might hate the things that God is calling you to, and you might offer the exam- the excuses like, well, I'm just not good at that, or I'm not very talented with. Nope. Nobody started that way either. Everybody you look up to, everybody you admire, everybody you think should do it instead, they all had to start in the same place you're being asked to start. And if I could learn to eat turnip greens, and that looks like mowed grass, y- you can do the loftier thing and do something with the truth God has revealed to you. And that's that's what I want you to chew on. Until we come back to you next week. Amen. We already have our topic for next week because it was submitted by one of you. You have no idea how much we love that. When we get somebody that either texts or emails and says, I've been thinking this, or I've been not sure about this, or I'd love to hear your opinion on this, uh, that is the most excitement I normally get during a week. <laughs> so you did it, and we've already we've already committed to talking about it. So next week, the, the topic's already picked. You'll have to come back to find out what it is. But between now and then, after listening to this, my prayer is always going to be that you do kindness and you do love Amen. in the world around you. We it, it, it desperately needs it, and we're the ones that can do it. So wherever you go, whatever you do, remember, that's your job. That's all of our calling in Christ to show kindness to the world around us because we've already been shown kindness through Jesus. Until we see you next time, though, bye, guys. Thanks for being here. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.